welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host and writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loisel. With me today, my co-host. Senior editor, writer, mathematician, uh, currently unemployed at, well not at Screen Geek, but you know. You still are at Screen Geek? I'm still at Screen Geek. But you're not unemployed at Screen Geek. Yeah, I'm not unemployed at Screen Geek. I'm unemployed. You're gainfully unemployed. Gainfully unemployed. I'm uh, between jobs right now. Uh, Wait, we gotta wait. We gotta wait. Because we gotta go through the spiel. Mark Salcedo. Okay. (laughs) (sighs) You know what I gotta say about that, right? About the whole not... Having a job thing? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, what? Um... Prepare to be sacrificed to your money god. I'm I'm down for the sacrificing part. <laughs> you don't know that that means death. It could it, just does, be. Does it mean more broke? Yes. Oh, okay. Like broke body. Can I just like sacrifice myself to like a god that will like have me die and then like fall into like an orgy or something like that? That would be torture because you would die. Mm-hmm. And you'd be dead, so... Yeah, but it'd be like a zombie orgy. No, because zombies don't exist, duh. God's dying sacrifice to exist. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at The Real Appeal. Two E's in real. Um, You can email us at therealappeal at gmail.com. If you could please review us anywhere you listen to our podcast, we would kind of appreciate that, whatever. <laughs> what the hell was that? I was going to, I was trying not to say kindly because I didn't mean that. Oh. <laughs> That's a word that I get from work. Kindly? Kindly. Will you, will you kindly get your fucking work done? It's basically uh, kindly upload, you know, these documents to this deal mm. uh, by, you know, by tomorrow. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kindly means an option, so no. I choose not They're to. just being nice. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, our segments for the show this week are our recent review of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. <sighs> Title's a mouthful. Yeah, it is. Uh, variety Time, The Actors Strike Back, and I like that. I like that. You're welcome. Our geriatric cinematic of Armor of God, 1986. What's the terpic? Death defying stunts or stunt dying. Mm. Mm. So aren't they the same thing? If you think about it. Mm. Death defying stunts, you're defying death, death. in your stunts. Mm. Or you're doing a stunt. And then dying. No, because <laughs> stunt dying is fake dying, so it's still more stunts. That's true. It's, it's, a, it's a paradox. Okay. <laughs> Okay, now we can do the thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Lost my job. Uh, more accurately, I was let go uh, because the owner of the company I work for feels that he can get better work done if he outsource uh, the business. I'm like, how do you how do you outsource drivers? Like, like I could understand, like, order takers for, like, McDonald's. Yeah. What, something. Mm-hmm. But... A driver is a driver. <laughs> like, uh, well, that's the thing. Like, from from what my supervisor told me, the owner plans on 
um, hiring people who are going to use their own vehicle and just, I mean, you've heard a job like this, right, Kelsey? Where, like, you use your own vehicle, but you pay, like, gas and mileage. Mm-hmm. So that sounds all good, right? Because you're like, okay, cool. I'll put it on a mileage. I'll get a check. I mean, get a check for that. Check for gas. Gas. And I get a paycheck, you know, for whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's a lot of wear and tear in your car, mm-hmm. and the the gas on the pet, the check on mileage never adds up to it, like ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that well, it's funny he didn't ask you if you wanted to do that first. Nope, nope. Just side to fire to fire myself and the other driver. Um, and the funny thing is, like the deliveries I made, they were like three days out of the week. They were local. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, within maybe like a 20 mile radius from where we're currently at um, but Tuesdays and Thursdays I would I would have to drive to like Joshua Tree Joshua Tree Palm Springs the high deserts uh, San Diego La Mesa Cathedral City like from where we are to San Diego it's like at least a two hour drive mm-hmm. and make deliveries out there and then come back but I have to be back at a certain I have to start heading back at a certain time otherwise I'd be stuck in traffic that stop and go traffic mm-hmm palm springs like what i'm getting at is like if you're if you are hired at a job and you have to use your own vehicle let's say to drive to palm springs you're gonna do that maybe once or twice before you think i'm burning a lot of gas just going out there mm-hmm. um same thing with san diego and plus there's more opportunities um for orders to get mixed up or lost or fucked up because these people don't care there's like this is a paycheck like I'm just delivering. They pork. also don't have like a lock, like mm. I don't know. Usually delivery vans have like some sort of like I don't know a camera something. Yeah. Um. And also, um, people who are willing to use their cars also are willing to be paid less than what you were being paid. Yeah, exactly. So you think about it. Are you is so, is somebody willing to be paid less than I was getting paid to use their car to drive out to San Diego? Once or twice a week. Was he renting those vehicles? No, he owned those vehicles. So, like, what the fuck? I don't know. He, my, <laughs> I, I, like, I'm not gonna lie. Maybe I'm, it's the insurance on them because they're company vehicles. Probably, but that's the thing. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the, the owner was thinking. From my understanding. He doesn't sound like a bright guy, and he sounds like a real penny pincher, too. Yeah. Uh, like, the first week I worked there, I had made a mistake on my delivery. Like, I made, a, like, a wrong turn, and I kind of got lost for a second. Mm-hmm. The dude wanted to fire me. Not the supervisor, the owner. Because, like, they track... Oh, and that's another... Here's another thing. Here's another fucking thing. They track the vehicles. So, they, so they're making sure that we are making our deliveries at a certain amount of time and that we're not lollygagging. Or we're taking scenic routes or like stopping for like an hour or something like that. Mm -hmm. They're making like they're tracking us. Okay. When you hire somebody to drive their own vehicle, you think are they you think they're willing to be tracked? Uh, No. No, because they're like, why are you fucking tracking me? I don't need to know. I don't need you to know where I'm going and shit like that. I didn't know I'm making delivery. So in like and plus that also opens the door for like. Randos is being hired, not having like a uh, background check uh, securely done or anything like that. Just mm-hmm. like I'm not, I'm not saying that he's gonna hire anybody off the street, but like 
your turnaround is going to be a lot because people are just going to want to keep they're going to want to go and they don't want to take off yeah so yeah the the dude like fired us and it, it caught me way off guard because um because you just got there yeah i just got the job i barely worked there like a month and the dude was like the the supervisor was like he's like i'm sorry man but like i gotta let you go i'm like why you know and, and the funny thing is that was the second time I got called into his office. Like whenever, whenever somebody's like, whenever a boss says like, "Oh, I need you to come to the office and close the door behind you," it's never a good thing, mm-hmm. right? The first time it happened was like, "Hey, like you're kind of messing up here, 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 and everything," but I want to let you know this is what's happening. I was like, okay, cool. Thanks for the warning. Never messed up again. What was it? Um, the guy had complained that like I was kind of being too slow to like get to like get my vehicle and take off, which I'll admit I was. I didn't because. The guy had painted the job as like, oh, we're like, we're, we're, we're cool, we're cool, we're laid back, blah blah blah. He didn't make it sound like we had a like rush or anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously that wasn't the case. So I, I was like, all right, corrected myself and then worked efficiently, right? I was in ten minutes early. Um, I would always be like, hey, what you got for me? What's going on? I'm back from lunch. Let me know how I can help. What can do? All those kind of. Stuff. I was like, I'm, that's the thing. If I if I tolerate a job or even like it. I'm the best employee in the whole fucking world. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that. So after that, I was just boom, never late, never took time off or anything. Then the second time was when I got fired. Yeah. And like, and I was just like, what the fuck did I do to deserve to get fired? And it was the just the owner being like, nah, like we don't want to hire full time employees. It's stupid bullshit. And it's and it's not like they were paying us a lot. Mm-hmm. They're barely paying us above minimum wage. Yeah. So if you also, if you pay people part-time, mm-hmm. you don't have to pay for insurance either. That's another thing, yeah. Yeah. Which is, once again, it's fucked up how, how the system is. What's the final twist of the knife? The paycheck issue? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I got my final check, and I raced, I, I raced to my uh, bank to cash it. And they were like, well, we can't cash it. Like, why not? It doesn't have a date on it. I was like, fuck. <laughs> so, like, I raced back. Oh, here, here's a funny word. Okay, so I raced back to my now former employer. Mm-hmm. And, like, I pull up in front of his car. Because he's, he's in his car about to take off, right? But he's, like, looking down at something. I pull up in front of his car to, like, stop him to be like, hey, like, get his attention, right? Mm-hmm. And he, like, he like looks up. And then, like, I, I park next to him. And I reached for my glove box. Oh, shit. And he probably looked, because, like, he probably, I mean, this is what I would have thought. But he probably thought, I just fired this guy. I fucked up his day. He might have a gun. Yeah. You know, he seems, like. Unhinged. Unhinged, yeah, right. And I I grabbed the paycheck, and I, like, waited at the window, like, oh, like, this is what I'm pulling, right? And I can see, like, a sigh of, uh, uh, like, a moment of, like, (sighs) like, oh, shit. Like a relief. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, a relief, right? So then I told him, I said, like, hey, man, they didn't, they wouldn't cash the check because there's no date on it. And he was like, well, can't you write the date? I was like, no, like, they needed, like, I can't write the date because I didn't want to, like, try to write the date. And they're like, you know, you wrote it, you know, yeah. hold the check. And he was like, well, the boss is gone. Oh, okay, yeah. So here's, here's another, I forgot to mention this. The boss fired us while he's on fucking vacation. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That is some That's why I was like, oh, Ted Cruz style. Got it. Yeah, that's some straight up bullshit. So on vacation, okay. So you can afford. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Uh, so he tells me like, well, I'll call him on Monday, um, and then we'll get the straight out. I'll call him first thing in the morning. All right, cool, right? Now, first I was like, it was our, it was a bad day. I was like screaming in my car, I was like fuck, you know all that shit. 
Um, but Monday came, and I he, we were texting back and forth, and the, my bank didn't open until like a little bit into the morning. Um, and I just went there. I was just like, oh, and I remember calling you, like, can I just write the date in? And you told me, like, yeah, just do it. They can't prove that it wasn't you. Mm-hmm. So I just wrote the date in. Hopefully it would work. I tried to do the handwriting, like, somewhat similar or make it seem like it wasn't my handwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went there and the deposit check, and that was it. Well, that's good. Yeah. So I have enough money to cover rent. Uh, but next month I got to start worrying. Mm. Well, I'm I'm already worrying now because I need to find a job like ASAP. Yeah. So yeah, great stuff. And it ruined our weekend. Hmm? And it ruined the weekend. Did it? Yeah. I guess. I mean, yeah, we didn't we didn't go to the pool after all because it was too fucking crowded. No, I'm just saying, like in general, like usually you're like happy or like oh yeah, you're able to joke or like. You weren't very present, and you were kind of grumpy. Well, I mean, could, can you blame me? I didn't say I could blame you. No, I know. I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> Calm down. I'm not upset. Why are you? Mm. <laughs> mm. Anyway, so enough enough all this bad stuff. Um, what do we got? Okay. Um, we're going to do our recent review of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Our lives are the sum of our choices. And we cannot escape the past. Ethan, this mission of yours is gonna cost you dearly. The world is changing. Truth is vanishing. War is coming. The synopsis is Ethan Hunt and his IMF team must track down a dangerous weapon before it falls into the wrong hands. Is Shut that? up, that's not the tagline. No, I couldn't. Oh. Like <laughs> tagline is I couldn't find any. <laughs> And then I couldn't find a tagline. You could have just left it blank or not put it in there. <laughs> that would be a weird tagline from the show. And you know what? Because the, the, the synopsis is so vague and they have to find something. It kind of works. I couldn't find it. <laughs> of your bullshit (laughs) (laughs) directed by christopher mcquarrie it is written by eric hendrison and christopher mcquarrie it stars tom cruise Haley atwell ving rames is it rames yeah ving rames Mm -hmm. um simon pegg rebecca ferguson isai morales vanessa kirby and henry cerny you gotta give honorable mention to Oh, yeah. Palm. I thought that said porn. <laughs> Palm Clementif. Yeah. I, I want to give her an honorable mention because she's the, I think she's the only Asian, Asian actress. Well, no, I put honorable mention in there, mm-hmm. um, but it was on the second page. So. Oh, was it? <laughs> well, yeah, it's at the top of the next page. Oh, okay, okay. No, I, I want to, I, the reason why I want to bring her up is because there's this whole discourse about how, um, 
how this movie is kind of like bringing up the, the stereotype of like the silent but deadly Asian, but it has like no nuance within the character and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which I can totally see. I can see why um, a certain group would be upset about that. Well, the only other person of color is black guy. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he's redundant because of the other white guy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, there is that discussion they have about who's the better hacker. And I'm glad, like, you know, it went to Ving Rhames. I'm just like, yeah, of course but, it would. That means you're not a big fan of Simon Pegg. I'm a huge fan of Simon Pe- Pegg. I'm just not a fan of his computer skills. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's the one who fucked up your computer. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Uh, <laughs> all right, Kelsey, uh, overall thoughts uh, for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. <laughs> I think we need to say it like that every time now. <laughs> Top speed like that? <laughs> yes. Okay. It's the only way to say it. Um, I like the movie a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I do also think we need to kind of put a caveat okay. that if we have this review might be a little tainted... Especially by me. Oh, I was just thinking about that. Because it's not because the movie is bad. Yeah. And honestly, I hate dealing with other people's bullshit. Mm-hmm. But what makes it worse is that when you have to tell someone to shut the fuck up when Multiple you're in the middle. Multiple times. You lose connection with the fucking movie. Yeah, yeah. So, so some of my review might not be true to what it probably should be. Mm-hmm. But even with that being said, mm-hmm. it's it's a great movie. Yeah, it's absolutely a great movie. Um, so there's that, but I do really like the movie. Mm-hmm. I think the directing was great. Mm-hmm. I think the acting was like top notch. I think I, I wouldn't to me. I wouldn't say it's top notch. It's like not it, to me. It's not super grand. And I think I say it's that like beca- high notch. Yeah, high notch. I, but I say I think I say that because like these characters we've seen like in a bunch a bunch of Mission Possible films. So it's like oh, are they bringing anything different to the table? Not so much. Um, but I don't. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. Like, just because mm. they're not different characters and they're mm. the same characters doesn't mean that their acting wasn't great. Like, No, I know. I'm not saying that... that let, me, let me rephrase it. I'm not saying it wasn't great, but I am saying that, like, it didn't bring anything different to the table. Like, mm. t- you know, like, we, we get the idea of who Ethan Hunt is, but it seemed like there wasn't anything more than what we've seen before. It'd be weird if you did. If we saw something more? If you saw that, that has more to do with writing than it does acting. Because if they yeah. were acting any differently, then it'd be like, what are we watching? Okay, so I don't agree agree with that because a certain character dies, and I feel like the other character responding to it should have been more hard hitting than like all right. Oh yeah, I I thought about that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will mention that I enjoy Haley Atwell yes. to an extent, but I think that's because of the writing. And yeah. that's into the third act, and I'll get into it later. I thought that Haley Atwell was great, mm. and I had a distinct thought while I was watching this movie mm. towards the beginning. Like, she would have done so much better in Indiana Jones. Oh, as opposed to uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge? Yep. Because she I can agree keep with the that. energy totally up, but she that. would not be frenetic and, like... She wouldn't totally be annoying. Yeah. yeah. Even though, like... And a lot of that had to do with the writing, too, but... Even though, like, they were clearly setting that up for, like, Phoebe Waller-Bridge to get her own Indiana Jones-type movie, mm-hmm. I think yeah, I think you're right. Like, the whole a- Haley Atwell, I think that would have been more keen of, like, all right, I can picture her as a Indiana Jones archetype character. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to Mission Possible. One person who I did really like was, how do you say, Essa Morales? Uh, Asai. Asai Morales. Mm-hmm. 
I liked his performance because it was almost like cartoonishly super. Oh, no, I'm sorry, slightly cartoonishly uh, mustache twirling villain, mm-hmm. but very like I am the messenger from God kind of kind of thing. And I actually like really dug that. He was like a a toned like way toned down version of what Jason Momoa was in Fast yeah, X. Yeah, exactly. But he exactly. wasn't flamboyant at all. Yeah, but he did look But good. he he did, yeah. <laughs> and like but he did have that like I don't take myself too seriously, but you should. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he was like, comfortable in his own skin, but you should not be. Yeah, like I think he's a I mean, I'm not saying he's like the best villain in all the Mission Impossible movies, but I he he's up there cuz I really I had I had fun watching him, and I I really can't wait to see what he does next. The whole backstory thing, not the backstory, but the connection and oh, their history, and, yeah, and Hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think made it a, like up the stakes. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Um, for the directing, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's maybe the directing or the writing. Probably the writing, actually. Well, bring it up, and I'll I'll help try to guide you. They spend too much fucking time on that train. I felt like it was like a third of the movie. I had read that the train, they wanted the train sequence to be 90 minutes long. Mm-hmm. I think it was going to be like 90 minutes long um, as the litter box is cleaning itself out. <laughs> it agrees with me. I, I, I'm. Well, what is it? What did it end up being? 20 minutes. So I think, I think they you wanted. You think it was 20 minutes? It seemed like it was going on for a while. Yeah, 20 minutes is short to me. I really feel like it was like 30, 40 minutes on uh, the okay. train. Okay. Um, I would probably say more that more falls into the writing because I think the directing and in that with the whole train sequence was pretty good. Most of it was. I, mm-hmm. And this is the part where we were really getting irritated by the people. Mm-hmm. I, But it's like, I felt like we we're ping-ponging everywhere. We we're like... We're seeing Tom Cruise, and we're seeing, you know... Haley Atwell. Haley Atwell, and then you're seeing, um... What's her name? Oh, uh, Vanessa Kirby, and it just keeps going back and forth between everybody. Oh, yeah, we're seeing, everybody. like, Simon Pegg. Yeah, I, I'll admit that, because it was kind of jumping all over the place. So I feel like they were trying to, like, make it interesting by mm-hmm. not just being on the train, but at the same time, or, like, being different places in the train. Yeah. Um, but it just... Uh, to me, that didn't quite land. I to tell you, I think here's why I think it didn't quite land. They were focusing a lot on, uh, like they wanted to make, they wanted to make the big like jump that Tom Cruise makes, like the big highlight of that scene. Mm-hmm. And they probably were like, all right, he he does jump and he lands in train. Now what? You mm-hmm. know, or like let's try let's try to beef up the tension before he even gets to the train or something like that. They didn't have to do that. I mean, uh, yeah, they probably could have like trimmed down that scene or some of the movie by additional like twenty minutes or something like that. It feels like they were doing that shit like, uh, you know, like a pat on the back or like you know <laughs> uh, wanking themselves off or some shit like like an ego trip like. Yeah. You know, we're going to build this up because it's going to be so cool. You know, like. <laughs> Probably. I mean, it was. It was cool. It was but pretty cool, yeah. Not, not, I, that did kind of irritate me a bit. Okay. Um, What else? You know who I like more than Gabriel? Who? The White Widow. Really? I like her a lot. Mm-hmm. I felt like 
Like, she has her shit together. I felt like her shit was... Okay. Uh, so, I'll agree with you. Her shit was... I don't know if I can actually fully agree with you on that. Because I liked... I like Jack Kirby. Is it Jack Kirby? That's her name? Vanessa oh, Vanessa Kirby? Kirby. Yeah, I'm sorry. I actually like Vanessa Kirby's performance as the White Widow in Fallout. Because mm-hmm. it seemed like more in, more entwined with the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, I don't... I mean, I don't really remember that that much, if I'm going to be honest. Um, but the... Um, you know, I'm stalling for Mark. You didn't have to say why. <laughs> well, obviously, I'd be stalling for you. <laughs> okay. Uh, Vanessa Kirby. Mm-hmm. I don't remember her in Fallout because I don't remember Fallout. That's the one that has Henry Cavill in it with his uh, with, oh. with the mustache that brought down a production. <laughs> <laughs> a different production? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, she was good in that one, but this one is like you already knew who she was. Mm-hmm. And she kind of could get away with whatever. Mm-hmm. She had all those people with her to okay. protect her and stuff. Like, I don't know, like her, her acting and her mm-hmm. facial expressions. Like, mm-hmm. I never want to see her in any other role other than being a bad guy. See, that's that's why I, I would disagree because it seemed like her character got played, like, a lot. Um as opposed to like how she was in Fallout, where she, like clearly she was like the head of like this criminal organization. She had like these um, henchmen to do whatever she wants. She like has all these connections. There's like a level of like mystery behind her and how like formidable she can be against like Ethan Hunt and all that kind of stuff. And here, she's almost like, oh, I don't know what to do, kind of thing. Especially like that particular part at the party. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think I'm biased because I... Because you like her so much? Mm-hmm. You can't be... She's... I don't like blonde women that much, but I will make an exception for her. Okay. Okay, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, anything Plus, else? I really like that. I just like how she acts as a villain. I just like yeah. her as a villain. I, you know what? I keep mixing her up with... Uh, <sighs> Let me find this one actress. I keep mixing her up with another one. She also played uh, um, Queen Elizabeth's sister mm-hmm. in The Crown. And I thought she was really good in that. And I didn't know it was her until I saw her in this movie. And I was like, oh, yeah. So sometimes I I mix up uh, Vanessa Kirby with Elizabeth Debicki. Who's that? She's the one who plays uh, Princess Diana in, in The Crown. Mm. I get those two mixed up because they're kind of the same, like, tall, white, blonde hair, skinny as fuck. They're not that similar. First of all. Okay. What's the other one's name? Elizabeth DeBecky. Okay, Elizabeth DeBecky. This is her. Uh-huh. She is... So this is her. Much skinnier. Her eyes are much bigger. Okay. Her cheekbones are much bigger. Uh, I'm listening. Like, she has, like, this pouty lip thing going on that the other one doesn't have. Are you serious? She has the exact same thing. No, she doesn't. Are you going to tell me that's not similar? No. Whatever. All y'all white people look the same. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. So, go on. All right. You know, now that Mark shows his true color and he's a racist... Is that is it racist for for stating the obvious? 
<laughs> that you were going to say, is it racist for a black person to say white people look the same? That's not racist. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're going off track. Um, okay, uh, Macquarie's directing. Um, so this movie is not, this movie's not really about the writing. Okay. It's not really super plot heavy. It's like, here's a MacGuffin. We got to catch it mm-hmm. before antagonist gets MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much all these movies are. The selling point is like the action. Right. Okay. Well, what did you think of that? Of the action? Yeah. Of like, yeah. Just in overall. It was really good. You know, mm-hmm. we had a few instances where Ethan Hunt has to keep like trying to get the MacGuffin. Mm-hmm from uh like the same person over and over again mm-hmm. because this person kept somehow getting it yeah and it wasn't oh, even yeah. a bad guy that was that was kind of annoying me it was cool at first yeah and, but then it did start to get old yeah it was just like but the funny part to me mm. was him keeping his cool that that is true yeah yeah uh i feel like i feel like that i i feel like they were trying to t- they were trying to change up the dynamic between Ethan Hunt and like this character that's giving him the slip, showing that like Ethan Hunt's not as like intuitive or like as suave as he thinks he thinks he is and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Which I think is like okay, that, I understand that that you can you can you can hit that out of the park and like one time, mm-hmm. but you're doing it over and over. Like okay, now you're just making him seem like he's like a fumbling idiot, <laughs> and yes. and I'm like that's not Ethan Hunt. Like I feel like the movies have gone more and more of him being kind of a fumbling idiot or well now i won't say that not fumbling you mean idiot. bumbling bumbling yeah not not that exactly um there is a part i have which one is a fallout no i think it's rogue nation there you go uh and miss possible rogue nation there's a part where alec baldwin um and jeremy renner they're in front of like an oversight committee or something like that and alec baldwin's pointed out that like the mission and the uh, the impossible mission force are like people who like who do like these crazy ass missions and like they disregard, disregard like safety and protocol and all that kind of stuff and at one point he says they just they just kind of just so happen to like so, like uh, have the um, what's it called accomplish their mission by pure fucking luck right mm-hmm. which is like that makes sense like throughout these movies and stuff like that but i feel like they were kind of like putting that more into like the ethan hunt character like he just so happened to be like getting by or some shit like that mm-hmm. not saying that like he's incapable of of being the imf agent but there are a couple of times where it's just like all right we get it like he's getting up there in age now like we get it like he can't keep up all the time mm-hmm. and it's it it don't they don't play it out a whole lot in the movie but i notice it more times than it should to the point where i was like like you need to stay away from this. Like give, give that character like the send off that that character is going to eventually reach to. A couple of other things I wasn't totally in love with. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of the exposition dumping. Oh yeah. Um, the fact that even though Ethan Hunt is supposed to be sort of like a rogue agent, mm-hmm. they very plainly made it seem like he was part of a, a rogue. Mm-hmm organization that doesn't even really exist so in this one yeah that's what like when they were they mentioned something about that well, yeah and they, then i'm like okay so he's a rogue and a rogue so like so he's rogue rogan 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It, it's just... Mm-hmm. It was too much how they explained it. Yeah, I feel like because like in Rogue Nation, they they were like because almost in in almost all the movies except for Part Two, he he goes rogue, right? And it seems like when he's going rogue, it just mm-hmm. means he doesn't have the government backing, yeah. right? So it's like, but he's a hero for sure. Yeah, yeah. And in this time, he's like he doesn't have. One, but this time, they like rogue, rogue. <laughs> yeah, like it's not that he doesn't have the government government protection just nobody's there and yeah and everybody's coming after so he's just like he seems like a regular joe trying to save the world now yeah yeah yeah. um but still good movie i know i know i felt like we're shitting on but we're not we're not we're just kind of like talking about the bad parts before we get into the awesome good parts like for example the chasing through a venice italy Mm. i thought that scene was fucking amazing uh on a scale of one to ten Mm mm-hmm I'm asking you. On a scale of 1 to 10, mm, I want to give it an 8, close to a 9. Okay, well, I'll give it a 7, close to an 8. Okay, why why 7? Um, I just think that some of the scenes went on too long. Mm-hmm. There was one scene in particular that you thought was really cool that I just didn't care for. Um, Is that a spoiler or... Uh, the narrow space. The running scene? No, narrow. Oh, okay. The narrow fighting. Oh, I'm referring to the, the the when they were driving through Venice, Italy. Not when he was like running after. Oh, oh. The driving was cool, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> does, your, does your score still stand? Yeah. Okay. I think probably because I'm tired of the chase scene thing. They, I'm tired of it, and they did it so badly in Indiana Jones, and now I'm just like, I, I don't want to see another fucking chase scene. They're you. all doing it it's now. It's like chase scene fatigue. Yeah. I Okay, so this is why I actually really enjoyed it. Um, it wasn't just Ethan Hunt like driving the car. It was Haley Atwell like, driving as well. But the fact that they were both handcuffed, and it was like it handicapped their capability to like drive effectively. And it was a, a foreign... Like, yeah, it was a Fiat. It wasn't just that it was a foreign car. It was mm. like they don't equip all the vehicles the same way. Yeah. So he had a hard time with that. Yeah. So I I really like that scene, and I it kind of actually reminded me of um, the Born Identity. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they were like running through, I think they're running through Paris. They're driving through Paris. I don't know. I guess because it's like one was like a uh, one was a Mini Coupe, one was a Fiat. I'm just seeing like the correlations between the two. Um, I still enjoy the Born Identity one more than this one. Oh, okay, okay. I don't know what it is. I think Matt, it's Matt Damon. I like would, he seems mm. to have like this energy of like I'm really getting chased after, yeah. like. But then again, different uh, different sides. Like mm. the Born Identity is the government is coming after him, and he doesn't remember shit. Yeah. And this guy is like, yeah, I'm part of the government. Like, so I think it's a little bit different. Mm, okay. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, so I did, I did like that. Like, I actually enjoyed, like, how the camera work was. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there were plenty of times where, like, the, like, when the, when they first started, they were, like, in a BMW, um, where the camera was, like, in, like, on the side of the car, and then, like, into the car, and then how it was kind of, like, close to, like, the rear, like, the, uh, driver's side mirror, mm-hmm. and you could see, like, this, like, badass angle where it's, like, you see the cars coming from behind, and he's, like, taking off and stuff like that. Um... So, like, in terms of, like, directing, I really enjoy um, that particular scene. Gotcha. I don't I don't know. I just... It is like, yeah, on it. 
Um, yeah, whatever on but it. But you said this movie was great. It is great. Mm. But like I said, there's a little disclaimer. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, okay, so... All right, can you tell me what... Can you, can you tell me what you thought was great? Um, most of the action scenes were really great. Okay, one in particular. One in particular? Yeah. Um, the way he would fight, like, he, they didn't have a chance at all. Like, mm-hmm. he knew what they were going to do. He, he was like, he never really seemed to lose his cool. Oh, okay. I kind of like that. I mean, for how I was just saying about Matt Damon doing things better, like, mm-hmm. that's one thing that you look for from this particular character. Yeah. And I like that. Oh, okay. Um, like, I know people say that he's like the American James Bond. Oh, Matt Damon or... No, no, no. Uh, Tom Cruise? That's what I've heard. Really? Yeah, because, like, he's, you know... I can see that. Like, to me, it's he's the American... Uh, yeah, the American Ethan Hunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who, it would be the British Ethan Hunt. <laughs> um, that one guy. Oh, okay, that guy. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about, that guy. Who, play, who played... Uh, who played James Bond last... Daniel Craig. He could be the British Ethan Hunt. Actually, here's a, here's a little here's a little information. Did you know? Do you know why Casino Royale turned out like Casino Royale, like the one that we got? No. It's because it was like it was their answer to the Bourne Identity. Oh. Because the Bourne Identity was like this new type of like spy thriller and stuff like that, more mm-hmm. more action filled and shit like that, but still like with the espionage um, twist to it. Mm-hmm. They were like, all right. We got to do that. So they did Casino Royale. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What else did I like? I thought his relationships with the different characters in this film were a little bit more genuine. Ethan Hunt? Yeah. Which which characters in particular? All of them. So like Simon Pegg, Green Reigns, Rebecca Ferguson. Yes. Mm -hmm. Except... Except for a couple of times where something big happened and it didn't seem to land. Oh, okay. Emotionally. Yeah. Um, but like I meant like interaction wise. Yeah, yeah. I, I I like I really like seeing the dynamic, especially between well, all four of them. Mm-hmm. Because um, like we've had at le- we've had at least three movies of all four of them together. Well, all five, I th- I think. Who's the fifth one? Because you have the two females and then the two hackers and Ethan Hunt. Well, what two females? You don't want Rebecca Ferguson and who else? Um, Haley Atwell. Hey, this is Haley Atwell's first Mission Impossible movie. I meant in this film. No, no, no. I'm talking about like I'm t- uh, what I was what I was gonna say is like in in the other films like where oh. we saw this team like grow together. Yeah. You know, I'm, like Haley Atwell is a great addition to it, but it's like okay, cool. The core team. It's like here. It's like starting Rogue Nation. Mm-hmm. We're here. All right. Oh, so close pro. Yeah, Rogue Nation. Yeah, right. Because right? I, sometimes I get sometimes I get the two mixed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see them like still together, and it's like, yeah, that's the team. Like, we're jo- we're joining them again. Our old buddies. This is mm-hmm. what's happening with them. Yeah, but I don't necessarily think that's true for a lot of the films, as far as like Ethan Hunt. And his ability to, like, connect with the other people around him. Because sometimes, Mm -hmm. like, sometimes in his films, yeah, they're fun and they're cool and they're action movies and Mm -hmm. they're not trash. Mm -hmm. 
But sometimes it seems like the the not super main characters, like mm. the not Ethan Hunts, are struggling to keep up. I would agree with that. Um, I think the only one who has been able to keep up, and that's because he's been in every one of these Mission Impossible movies other than Tom Cruise, mm. is Ving Rhames. Yeah. Like, there is, like, a dynamic between them that, like, builds in the first one, and it's still, it's like, it just keeps growing from mm-hmm. each one of the movies. Like, those are the only two people that's been consecutively in these movies. Yep. Um, but, like, Simon Pegg, the addition of Simon Pegg, like, makes it even better. Yeah. And then Rebecca, Rebecca Ferguson kind of, like, it uh puts it like it puts it all together like yeah. it's like the final piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to get into the spoiler section? Yes. All right. So yeah, we're gonna hop into the spoiler section. We're gonna talk at great lengths about Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't want to be spoiled, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. So let me start off with the Grace character. Okay. okay. In the third act. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she's doing a great job. Haley Atwell's doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Right? The stakes are being raised. They have to get this uh, they have to get this key like away from Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's this last part where like after like the train sequence, you know, everything's coming down. Ethan Hall has to like escape and Kitchen. First of all, Kidrich. I love Kidrich. He's been only in one movie, and I'm so glad to see him back in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like Grace is like talks to Kidrich like Ethan Hunt said you'd be a, a man I should trust. And I'm like, at what point did he say that? <laughs> That's okay. what I thought too. And then she's like, you said she tells him like you you know he told he also told me that you would give me a choice and I choose just the way how she said it. And I choose. <laughs> That's when I was like, ooh, that writing was rough. Seriously, like, let, like, Kittredge make the, start yeah, the I conversation. Know, exactly. Like, if, if, he, if they had Kittredge initiate that, mm-hmm. and he was like, you know, it was almost like if he was trying to get her on his side or yeah, something. Yeah, like you, like you did well under that mask. Like you have potential or something like that. Yeah, then I'd be like, okay, that's a little bit more believable. And then yeah. you kind of get the idea like, okay, is she going because she wants to? Or is she going to maybe like get on the inside and help Ethan? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. And, but what was this? Like what yeah. was that? Yeah, yeah exactly. It like, um, I, I felt like. I mean, obviously, it was, it was like a way of, of being like, all right, she's going to be in the second one. Mm-hmm. And this is the reason why, as opposed to like, she was like this like master thief or something like that. Because mm-hmm. eventually, like, her skills become uh, less useful as the movie, or sorry, more useless as the movie goes on. Mm-hmm. Other than the fact that she's like a great pickpocketer. Yeah. A great pickpocket. I think it's kind of dumb that I like, I also don't enjoy the master thief thing. Oh, okay. Like, it's just so overdone. Yeah, I thought it... I, I, I did think it was a great, like, way for the characters to meet. Yeah. Um, like, there's that part where, like, they're, like, stealing each... They're, like, stealing the key or, like, pickpocketing each other and stuff like that. 
that part I, I did enjoy. In fact, there were several shots where they had like a close up, uh, like a um, like a medium close up of Haley Atwell, and I was mm-hmm. like, "God damn, that woman's beautiful, <laughs> beautiful." Um, you're gonna you're gonna not agree? No, I'm definitely gonna yeah, agree. Yeah, yeah, I thought. Um, I I think the I think that's the thing. I think mm-hmm. I agree with you actually that the. Mm. She had a purpose, and then all of a sudden, it was like, no, she's just a glorified pickpocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it was like, no, she really could have had, like, oh, I have all this training. I have all these skills. Like, Mm -hmm. I can help you guys. And it was more like she was just along for the ride for no apparent reason. Or, like, constantly, like, trying to get away, even though... Even though it was like clear evidence that like people were trying to kill her, and not because of not because of Ethan, or like Ethan was somewhat the cause, but like clearly like they had she had something that like everybody wanted, mm-hmm. and she kept like doing this mode of like, oh, I, I can get away, I know I can get away, mm-hmm. and it's like no, like fifty cops are after you right now, and one like psycho behind like a SWAT team jeep <laughs> is like coming after you, you you can't get away. Yeah. Um. Oh, so. Uh, what we alluded to earlier in the non-spoiler section was uh, about Tom Cruise's or Ethan Hunt's reaction to like a certain character dying. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Rebecca, Rebecca Ferguson dies. Her character dies. Mm-hmm. Okay, a, a part of me was like, she's not really dead. Then I could kill her. <laughs> I know. I thought that too. <laughs> and then it was a while. I was like, oh, she's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like the way how he reacted to it, you figured like since she w- she had been in the in three of the movies. And, like, clearly they had, like, built this connection between one another. Mm-hmm. You figured, like, oh, it's going to be more hard-hitting. Yeah. But, like, it wasn't. It was just He kinda... just got up there. He's like, oh, you're dead. And he stands there looking down at her. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> so, I don't... That's the, I don't... I don't know if that's because of Tom, Tom Cruise's acting. Because he's not a bad actor. Like, he's done, like, some really great work. Um, it almost felt like test footage. Mm. Like that's one of the scenarios we could ah, go with, okay. and they just didn't reshoot it. Yeah, like that was the one that, that was the most impact. They're like, all right, we'll go. Like we don't have to try any harder. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Um. So there is that. Oh, so all right. So let's go back and forth about the scene that you did not like and that I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. The the chase scene when Ethan Hunt is running like between narrow ha- uh, alleyways and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I just like how it was shot. It looks so fucking cool. I thought it looked pretty cool, kind mm. of, but then it started doing this ping pongy thing. I, I really hate the ping pong thing. Mm, okay. Um, and like I like that it's close quarters, so it's a little bit harder to like really get a full hit on somebody. Mm-hmm. Um. I thought I felt like it was I felt like it was more it brought it brought me more into the fight because of the close quarters kind of mm-hmm. thing. I mean, I I could see that. Like I get like because I don't know it's see it's because it, like the the movement was so tight and everything. It was like they had to make every blow count. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you know, they were gonna fail and stuff like that. So I think that's and and I'm just I I'm just thinking of like well how did they like get that shot and I mean they probably had like. A smaller camera but like to get to make it look that crisp and clear and everything because i think they shot this movie almost entirely in 35 millimeter mm-hmm. those cameras are big yeah so it's just like how do they get those the camera in there and to like have people like work around it and then like hold the camera and all that kind of stuff it's something i definitely want to see like behind the scenes yeah it probably wasn't a real small space yeah i imagine that if it wasn't 
like if it was like a, let's say it was like a stage set or something like that mm-hmm. they probably like worked in sequence of like moving the walls or something mm-hmm. like that so there'd be space to like move back and forth which and to shit. me would probably be really impressive to see that the, stuff like that always impresses me like whenever like the camera movement has to has to go so smooth as you can't tell it's like bumping into stuff and there's people behind the camera the camera operator who has to either like pull them a certain way or like move objects out, like out of the way i think it's like i don't know if this is the movie or not but there's one that i keep seeing mm-hmm. the behind the scenes of and i think it's like i think it's the truman show okay where they're like different going through like different seasons or like whatever mm-hmm. and walking around the same apartment or this yeah uh, I don't know. That's not. The, I know that's not the Truman Show. Oh, okay. Well, there's one that I keep seeing. It's really cool. I haven't seen it in a while, though. Anything you can tell me about it? Maybe I can decipher what movie you're referring to. Um, it follows a female walking around, blonde, I think. Uh-huh. Um, and they would, the camera would be going through like what would be essentially different parts of the room. And when the camera would come back around, they would oh, have to have. Oh, you're talking about that Jim Carrey show. Um. So it wasn't the Truman Show, but it was definitely Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey. Yeah, I know. I know exactly which one you're talking about. The name is just escaping me right now. Yeah. But go on while I look it up. Um. So, I always like stuff like that too. So mm-hmm. I'm. I think, but that's really choreographed. So I think that 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 narrow fight scene in the alley, mm-hmm. um, was probably a lot like that. Yeah, I can I can see that. Uh, what you were referring to was kidding. That's the name of the show. Oh, I know what you're talking because I've never seen that scene. Yeah. Yeah, that that is some great camera work though. Yeah. Um, all right. So, here, okay. So here's actually one point of the plot. Well, not part the the overarching story that I actually like. Like the movie takes up this the idea of like ai and how daily can be like that's nothing new but i think the timing is perfect because now ai is becoming such a huge issue or a huge uh place of discussion mm-hmm. like in my um, in all parts of the world right mm-hmm. at what point do we at what point can we tell something is real and not artificially made in terms of like information or video or sound and all that kind of stuff right mm-hmm. so this movie takes the idea of like AI being able to do that, but unable to like leave a footprint mm-hmm. or a fingerprint or whatever. And so it like, and then the idea of like what happens when someone like controls that power. And it, it doesn't go super deep like that, but that's what was going in my head as like we're watching this movie. That's what you liked about it? Yeah, like I said, it's not a super, like the movie doesn't present it as a super deep plot but I, what I had what I interpreted was like oh this movie's actually kind of deeper than a lot of people are like taking it I, I, I agree with you about it being a lot deeper mm. I just wish that they could have gone a lot deeper yeah because to me the AI thing is kind of also another thing that's kind of played out but mm, yeah I can see that yeah Westworld did it better like I felt more scared about that thing mm, okay. than this thing. And I think it's solely because we had more time with it and we could see what yeah. that thing was really doing. Mm-hmm. Um, as but this one just is like, ha ha, I'm here. Ha ha. <laughs> I know, much as swirling. Hmm, my name's Gabriel. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. I know. There's that. There's that one part. It's it's funny but so cheesy at the same time. Where Gabriel says. 
you can't possibly understand the power that's behind this. It's like, oh, okay. that's so that's so villainy. This is the way you deliver. It's so evil. <laughs> yes, more. Mm-hmm. What's it? What was the name of the AI thing? The entity. Jesus it's- Christ. <laughs> so cheesy yeah it's like okay haha i'm here i'm in the submarine now i'm in a party now i'm on a train (laughs) cool i'm everywhere and nowhere at the same time Mm, that's what entities are they're like a ghost haha deeper than we think oh shit (laughs) yeah uh i didn't really think the AI thing was the best thing. Mm-hmm. I think what probably killed it for me was right from the beginning where it's like, oh, yeah, it's on the submarine. In mm-hmm. a Russian submarine. Like, guys, come on, really? Yeah, it never gets old. I, okay. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm, like, Russia'd mm-hmm. out. You're Russia'd out? I'm Russia'd out in, like, spy, mo- spy movies. Uh-huh. It's either the Russians or the fucking Middle East. Can we get a little bit more creative? Well, I mean, there's Nazis. I mean, it worked so well in the last Indiana Jones movie. I think, you know, that's... Russians and Germans are the same to me in these movies. Honestly, it's because they can't really... Hollywood can't really do, like, a Japanese... Like, Korea or Japanese type of thing because of the market. Like, or... I'm sorry, like, where, the, where an Asian culture is the villain because of the market because... Hollywood makes their they their their films their blockbuster films do make money in like certain parts of China. Yeah. And so they can't exactly be like, oh, the Chinese are bad guys, you know. But can they just make something up? No, it has to be realistic. It's not, but it's like, <laughs> why do I want to watch real life on the screen? Like, I'm tired of the fucking Russians. That's just that's just it's an easy I'm target. Just tired of them. It's, that's just an easy target. You know what they should have done? Hmm. They, I'm sorry. Say it's a safer target. I mean, safer makes sense. Huh. Um, now that the Barbie movie is coming out, mm-hmm. you know, I fully expect the next part of this, mm. instead of it being Russians, will mm. be Barbies. Why? Because there's a lot of them, and it's a new group of non-existent people. Oh my god, you need to stop. Why not? <sighs> One last thing I want to talk about. <laughs> This movie uh, suffers from what I like to call part one-itis, where the movie is is part one, and they end it like it's a part one movie. Like, like they end it like it's in the middle of a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dune part one did this, even to some extent, uh, Across the Spider-Verse. Fast X did it. Fast, exactly. Fast X did However, it. However, the mm-hmm. Spider-Man movie and Fast X did it in a bad way to me. Oh, okay. Well, actually, not the Spider-Man movie, but Fast I, X did. Like, it was, yeah. like, literally, it feels like... Yeah, it's, like, the middle of, a, like, an explosion is happening and stuff like that, and it's just, like, boom. Yeah, like, that one was bad, but I'm, yeah. the Spider-Man one, mm-hmm. to me, was, like, okay, oh, shit, something's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, like, I can't wait to see what happens next, because, yeah. like, the troops are rallying together and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. This one, it was just kind of, like, Tom Cruise has the key now. All right, and we know the, like, they know where the sub's at and in it's just like it could just end there and i'd be fine with it oh like the entire movie yeah i don't feel like that was a big cliffhanger it wasn't a big cliffhanger to me it was a cliffhanger but it was just like i honestly i feel that maybe him like okay if it does if they did it like this right 
So at the end, of, spoilers for Dark Knight, if you haven't seen it. At the end of Dark Knight, uh, Batman is, uh, what's his name? Harvey Dent's killed. Commissioner Gordon is like, you have to go run, you have to run Batman. Like, because I'll hold him off, but you have to get away. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Commissioner Gordon is just like, he's talking to uh, his son. Yeah, he's talking to his son. And he's like, but like, why is Batman running away? And you know, Commissioner Gordon just like he says that he says a line like he's not the he's not the man we need, but the man we need like now, or mm-hmm. the man we deserve right now. He's not the man that we need, but we, he's the man we deserve now. You know, all that kind of stuff. And it, like Batman, like the music swelling. Batman is like on the bat pod or the bat pod, and then like it ends right, and it's mm-hmm. very like oh shit, yeah. Right? And you could have ended it like, all right, we know where Batman happens, like where it goes. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it, it well, but we welcomed Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. You could have done the same for this one, where Ethan Hunt is like on the parachute, like flying away, coming down, and then been like, Ethan Hunt, such and such, we need him now, da, 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 and then end it there. It would seem like an end to that story, so we can gear up for the next story. Yeah. As opposed to like him looking at the key, there's a submarine, and that's it. Yeah, it feels like, you know, if we would have watched it for 10 more minutes, it would have been done. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's how it feels. Yeah. Um, all right, we've been at it for a while. So what's your final say uh, on this movie? I say watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, watch it in a theater where people aren't being fucking assholes? Yeah. That's a, that's what I say. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I definitely say check it out. Um, I'll probably go watch it again. I had fun watching it, except for those assholes. They ruined my whole experience. That's why you should go watch it again. And and meet more assholes. There'll be less assholes because they'll be too busy watching Barbie <laughs> or Oppenheimer. No, less assholes for Oppenheimer. Hmm. Probably. I think all the assholes are going to be in the Barbie movie. I think they're going to be all in the Oppenheimer movie. Hmm. We'll see. <laughs> all right. So what do we got next? Next, we're going to do our variety time. <laughs> have another strike to talk about you know we were talking about the uh what was it the um the w the writers the wga strike yeah the wga strike that was the last one mm-hmm. now we're in the uh screen actor guild yeah sag aftra 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 yeah the sag aftra strike um so yeah, I found this article on Collider. This and these are for folks who don't exactly know what's going on or how this has kind of come to fruition and stuff like that. <clears throat> so I found this great article from Collider. It's called "Everything Everything You Need to Know About the SAG uh, AFTRA AFTRA Right AFTRA AFTRA mm-hmm. Strike." Uh, it's written by David Hunter. Um, so the article reads. Currently, the union has uh, unanimously voted to uh, to issue a strike order. <laughs> order against the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, which is a- AMPTP. <laughs> uh, oh, let me just go ahead and let you folks know that I'm just going to be reading parts of this, and then Kelsey and I will be commenting on it like we usually do. Uh, the trade group was formed to represent the studios, broadcast networks, and streaming services in labor negotiations uh, with unions. The consequences of this sag after a strike is that nearly all movie and television production featuring live performers will stop until until the sides are able to come to an agreement. Actors will also not be allowed 
um, to take part of in any press or promotional events such as junkets or red carpet premieres. SAG-AFTRA members will join the writers that are currently striking for the first time in over 60 years. So that last part, or the before last part, is pretty interesting because even though the strike happened, there are still premieres, there are still events. Mm-hmm. And like, like the article says, Actors can't participate whatsoever. Um, so Kelsey and I are going to San Diego Comic-Con this weekend. I know. I've been thinking about, like, holy fuck, or what am I going to walk into? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So there, I was getting offers left and right. Oh, talk to this cast, talk to these right, uh, talk to these right, talk to this cast, talk to these actors, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, there's this uh, DC movie called, uh, anime movie called Justice League War World. Um, there's a new Venture Brothers project coming out, like all that kind of stuff, right? I got offered to go to the press room to talk to the actors. Mm-hmm. Okay. After the strike started, I think the day after the strike started, I got an updated email saying that press room closed, that press room closed. In this press room, um, the one I'm going to for um, uh, for the Justice League animated movie, you're going to talk to the director and the writer, and that's it. <laughs> Even the writer, even though they're on strike? Uh, I think the Screen Actors Guild... I was sorry, not Screen Actors Guild. I think the writers can still talk. But they can't... They, they, they just can't, can't write? They just can't write. They can talk about the previous project, but they just can't write. Because they're not really big promoters like actors are anyway. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So a lot of... And this... And what, what this is already coming off the back of Marvel, Sony, Universal... And WB, oh, and Netflix pulling out of Comic Con because the writers, the Writers Guild, uh, the WGA strike happened. Mm-hmm. There's nothing they can show. So, the con is—I don't want to say the con Comic Con is going to be barren, but it's just going to be focused on artists, comic books, uh, and certain projects that are already made. Oh, that, you mean like going back to its roots? Going back to its roots, exactly. And I'm—I'm not—I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm actually—I'm actually pretty excited to see like what's going to happen. Yeah. Like I'm very fucking curious about the panels, and I checked out their—I checked out their uh, list. They have a lot of stuff going on, so like it's still going to be a busy uh, weekend. Mm. Um. All right, so back to the article. Oh, maybe oh. we can do those rooms. Oh, yeah, the writer's rooms and stuff like that? Yeah. Or the, not necessarily the writer's room, but they're like uh, panels. They're like workshops. For like, yeah, the workshops. Going mm-hmm. to workshops, yeah. we got to find a lot of the workshops and get in, get into those. Yeah. Um, so the article, article continues. Additionally, SAG-AFTRA uh, has an overall contract with uh, AMPTP, whose members include every major studio and streamer. Uh, the contract is renegotiated every three years and determines the quality of, of most paid actors' acting jobs in the industry. Um, so the article goes into what SAG after us asking from the AMPTP. And it reads, uh, while specifics are unknown, communication with, uh, from within SAG-AFTRA have stressed the need for better pay, strong, stronger contributions to the union's pension and health fund, and resi- residuals from streaming services to be bought, brought in line with those traditionally paid out by theatrical and broadcast uh, production. So all they're looking for is like, hey, can we get more money, please? Yeah. Can um, we please feed our families? Check this out. There was an there was a post I saw about uh, David Fletting Jr. He's the guy who played Zordon from mm-hmm. Power Rangers. He went in for one day 
they took pictures and motion capture and like motion capturing his face mm-hmm. and paid him $150. And that's it. You mean the original one? Zordon? The original the, the original Zordon. He was paid a hundred. The actor was paid hundred fifty dollars for one day, and that was it. They they didn't call him back, and all the success of Power Rangers, he did, he has not seen a penny. That's bullshit. It. Yeah, it's fucked up, isn't it? Yeah. And like that, this is a regular thing. Like actors are like given so many so much money, and it's very little. And iconic. Some of it's iconic. Some shit. of it's iconic. Yeah, exactly. There's an um. This isn't this person. This. Is, character isn't iconic but it's one of the actors from uh orange is the new black she showed her pay stub from i'm sorry her residual checks from all the times that her character shows up in like orange is the new black and how many times it's been viewed and stuff like that mm-hmm. can you guess how much she got paid i can't remember but i don't know it's like less than 50 bucks it's 27 dollars yeah maybe like 27 36 or something. 27 and 36 cents mm. some shit like that and that's like, one how do you how does that even happen like how do you how do you get? It's like they're paying like a fifth of a penny or something every time. Yeah. And so, and a lot of these uh, studios or these productions, they say they've lost money. A uh, great example is, um, oh, my God, it's the John Cusack movie. Um, I got to find this. something bright. Something. It's a John Cusack movie. It's one of his most famous movies. Um. I forgot what I was gonna say. I think it's say anything. I think that's the movie. Say anything. Mm. Uh, sorry, go on. I wonder because you were saying something about uh, the production companies are saying they're losing money, mm-hmm. but I don't understand how that can happen. I, like, there's it's, gotta it's be never something. A real thing. No, I'm saying it's gotta be something. That they're squandering money or embezzling or some shit. A lot of people are assuming that they're laundering that money. Something. They're laundering it or they're... Um, they have to be doing something they shouldn't be doing. I can't find them. Like, how do you make millions or billions of dollars and it's more than what you spent mm-hmm. and you're telling us that you lost money? It's called Say Anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry. Go on. Finish your thought, because I. No, I that's have, my thought. Okay, so John Cusack, he did this post. He did this post on Twitter, like, like, uh, that he was never paid for that role. Say anything is one of the most iconic '80s uh, rom coms. Mm-hmm. Rom coms. Um, he says that he wasn't paid for the role. In fact, they told him like, "Oh, like we lost money on this movie," mm-hmm. and it's one, like I said, one of the most iconic movies ever. And studios are actually making money, but they're just telling them like, no, we like the 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 paperwork says they lost money, but we know that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so back to the article. Uh, oh, of course, insurance. Like I said, they just they just want insurance. Mm-hmm. Like it's not hard. Um, okay, so the union is also seeking uh, greater regulations of tape. Self-taped auditions, which have become an industry norm, rather than come to a casting room and be recorded, uh, hopeful actors are now being asked to record themselves, placing a burden on actors who need to supply the recording equipment and find their own scene partner. Which also doesn't give a real reading. It's like applying for a job online. Yeah, exactly. You never turn your own shit in anymore for them to know who you are. Yeah, exactly. And and that's the thing. Like, yeah, you can equate this to like applying online. Like you. 
you know, and I'm very familiar with this in the past eight months, you apply for a job, you send out your resume, but the resume is upon thousands of other resumes or hundreds of other resumes trying to get that job. It's just lost in the pile. Same thing can go with recording, um, self-recording the auditions. Mm-hmm. And then, like, they therefore, and they have to come up with the equipment. They have to find the scene partner. Like, not everybody. And, like, when you do scene partners, that actor or actress, they have to, like, bounce off the person. It's kind of mm-hmm. hard if you're trying to do a serious scene and you're doing it with your best friend who has no concept of acting mm-hmm. or who can't who can barely read a script like as they're supposed to right and it makes it gets the hard the job even harder mm-hmm. um and the article continues um okay so it brings up about like about ai and that's one of the big things people are are bringing up including about the strike not just the wga but the sag after strike um a future where creative workers are replaced by a generative uh, ai feels closer than ever and actors and actors may be the most uh, at risk. Um, voice o- voiceover actors are already reporting competition with AI-generated performances. On social media, uh, support for the entertainment unions is strong, as it is in the streets, but videos that use AI voiceover in place of actors still go viral with no real sense of contradiction. Sandwiched between the WGA and the SAG-AFTRA contract negotiations, the, the DGA sat down with AMPTP, and actually came away with a deal which their membership has already voted to approve. The, D, uh, the DGA has only gone on strike once, so this, is, this wasn't unexpected. Criticism of, the, of that deal has focused on the loopholes in the production, also in the protection and provides against directors having their work uh, diluted by AI. Um, so the idea of like AI taking over certain productions is like a real threat. Mm-hmm. That's one of the big things that WGA um, is fighting against because the studios are like, oh, we can just get what's it called, Jet Chat GTP or something like that mm-hmm. to like come up with like a script. You know, hey Chat GTP, I need to write a story in the vein of Stanley Kubrick, but it's an action thriller with a uh, spy element and sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And Chat GTP will be like, okay, blah, 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 blah. but like it doesn't bring in like nuance. You don't feel the writing. Well, also, most of it is bullshit right now. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we're not there. Yeah. But we're close, and some people are able to game the system. You know, because they're able to, like, tweak things here or there and make it serviceable. You know what? There was this great, I think it was either Radio Lab or This American Life episode, where they talked about ChatTTP and how uh, students are using it. Um or when it, how yeah, students are using it for like term papers and like essays and stuff like that, right? Now, teachers are like, they're catching on to this when they read the material. They're like, okay, I only covered this much material, so therefore, why did they, why did they write like so much more than I know they already know? Um, but there's a way around it where they'll use uh, Grammarly, the software Grammarly, to like fix it for them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they had actually spoken to a bunch of of uh students who admitted he would they were like yeah like i used it but i was like i was stretched thin i had this to do this to do i was in this class i had to do this essay and so i just use it because like like i just i had no more time they're trying uh there's one broker in particular in my office oh who uses it who is trying to figure out how we can use it for real estate really mm-hmm. like one time he's like there has to be a better way for you mm-hmm. to map 
there's 60 properties. Yeah. They're like to free to plot every single point. Yeah. Take a long time. So he's like, I don't want you to do that. Like try and figure it out. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. And like chat GPT wasn't working like that. But yeah. And in terms of like AI using Aftra, uh, sorry, sorry. Um, SAG, SAG AFTRA and AI affecting it is like they want to and they, they um, I forgot who said this but this is during like a, a big press conference with the SAG group um, where they had stated that studios they want to use background actors they want to just like scan their body or whatever in their face pay them for that day and then that's it and they just use those background characters like for other movies and stuff like that and that's fucked up because there, there is an actual now I'll say like a, I mean those people are considered in the union, but there are people who actually make a living for just being background characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Oh, you know what? There's something else I read that the cast of Snowpiercer, uh, that show that was on TNT, um, that one day their face and their bodies were scanned, mm-hmm. and they didn't. They they just like studio, which is like, oh, we just want to do this for like archives or whatever. But, like, that was it. And they never really got into detail of, like, why they were doing it. Mm. Which is fucked up. Because it's, like, you might see, like, Jennifer Connelly show up in a movie that she never actually starred in or something like that. If they, if the studios went their way. But I kind of imagine that people will have to be careful mm. about what they're signing up for. Yeah. they. It's sad. But you get to a point of, like, desperation where, like, the, no, I, the I don't rents do, you know, all that kind of stuff. I don't mean the younger actors or, mm. like, the not well-known ones. I'm mm. talking about the well-known ones because mm. there's some idiots who are going to just do it. Um, but yeah. there, I think I think I'm talking about, like, the ones who, like, are a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. like, B-list and, like, lower E-list. Mm. If I'm saying if they allow anyone to scan them, they have to make sure that it says, like, explicitly, like, Oh, this won't be used. It can't be used yeah. for new projects that I'm not already in. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that being an issue, especially like these big list actors. They might not have like the right lawyers to look over their contracts. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this whole AI thing. It's getting pretty pretty terrifying. Well, I think it's like. Two things rolled up into one, too, by the way. I think it's mm-hmm. streaming service stuff and yeah. AI. Yeah. Like, we've been battling with the streaming services for a while. Yeah. I think that was the, the catalyst. Yeah. But I think the, the AI was the tipping point. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and, and it's no it's no secret that, like, certain streaming services, they won't release their numbers. Um, they'll just say, like, oh, like Netflix, for example, does this. Oh, uh, Red Notice was... The most viewed movie in like September or some shit like that, mm. but they don't. They never say like, well, what are the, what were the numbers or how long did people watch this movie before going? I'm done. I ain't watching this bullshit anymore. Yeah. And but yeah. they do post their numbers quarterly because they're publicly traded, like their their profits and losses. Yeah, that's true. And they, that's the thing. They say like they're losing money, but are they really losing money? Because like they have to please their shareholders. Well, people lose money, yeah. But I don't know. Like, they could be faking it somehow. Yeah, I can see that. So, like, the WGA and the SAG after strike has affected the productions already. Like, there was a list. Um, oh, God, it was this film, film journalist who I follow. His name escapes me right now. But he got a hold of a list of of 
stuff that's in production. Can you guess what's in production? I, I, I can't remember. Forgive me for what's... I don't remember what studio it is. It's a major studio. Mm-hmm. But they there is a list of certain projects were in production. Mm-hmm. Just guess what type of genre it is. Action? Nope. I don't know. Reality TV. That's all it was. It was like reality TV shit. Or, because they're not real actors. Or like, or like those programs where like they talk like the, the programs that you watch on like Discovery, mm-hmm. where they talk about a certain point in history or a mystery or something like that, mm-hmm. and just people just doing testimonials and shit like that. Cool. So I'm fine. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> that's a lot of what I watch. <laughs> going to do our geriatric cinematic of uh jackie chan's armor of god jackie chan the world's number one action hero star of operation condor rumble in the bronx and super cop is back on the loose and in your face hi Pure Chan excitement, pure Chan adventure, and pure Chan dynamite. Need a light? The synopsis is... Wait, this this movie came out in 1986. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the synopsis is Asian Hawk, which I really think they meant to say Agent Hawk. <laughs> no, it's Asian Hawk. Who's played by Jackie Chan, mm. and his bumbling sidekick are sent on a quest through Europe to find a mysterious treasure held by a shadowy organization of monks. The tagline: Jackie Chan and his greatest adventure ever. <laughs> Directed by Jackie Chan and Eric Tsang. Written by Barry Wong, Edward Tang, Chakon Seto, Ken Lo, John Shepard, Jackie Chan. Stars: Jackie Chan. That's not real. Asian Hawk. Alan Tam, Lola Forner, and Rosamund Kwan. So his name is Asian Hawk. Asian Hawk. That's so that's gotta be like a code name. Well, no, he played. Oh yeah, maybe. Mm. Uh, oh, maybe yeah, like a code name like Asian, like Asian Hawk, like, like, like uh, Citadel or some shit like that, like mm-hmm. 007, you know. Asian Hawk. He is the Asian Hawk. Honestly, I thought they were saying agent, but some whoever wrote it either one didn't know English or two was racist. Here, let me look up, let me look up the Wikipedia page. Uh, the tagline is really stupid, though. Nope, that's what it is. Jackie Chan is Jackie Chan is Jackie, aka Asian Hawk. Yeah, Asian Hawk. All right, all right, then all right. Uh, so yeah, Armor of God. Well, they have Black Hawk. Black Hawk. You know, like Black Hawk Down? Yeah, but that's more of like a helicopter thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Armor of God starring Jackie Chan. Um, I love this movie. This is like one of my favorite J- Jackie Chan films. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially like the climactic battle at the end um, when he fights all the monks and then he fights like those four uh, black like kung fu masters and those <laughs> black female kung-, kung fu masters. I'm just like, love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also the movie that the one movie that almost killed uh, 
Jackie Chan. Like mm-hmm. this was like the closest he got of like dying. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's uh, there's like a lot of great like behind the scenes footage uh, of this movie, and that's a very interesting story as well to to hear how how Jackie Chan almost died. Mm-hmm. Um, but as per usual, no one gives a shit about what I think. The most important thing is uh, what does Kelsey think? I like this movie. Not good enough. You gotta love it. I don't. I don't love it. Uh-huh. Well, what what do you like? What's your overall thoughts on it? The kung fu is always great. Mm-hmm. When it's not his American stuff that makes fun of him. Mm-hmm. You know, like actual Jackie Chan shit like this. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I I don't like his American films. Yeah, really good. Like I love his kung fu. Mm-hmm. Um, He's not the idiot in most of his movies. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes he is, because he's kind of a comedian, too. Yeah, it's for, like, comedic effect. Yeah, yeah it's not because, you know, he's the Asian guy, so let's make fun of him. Yeah. Um, But this one, he was kind of, like, like a little bit smarter, you know, than... Kind of suave. Kind of suave, like, mm-hmm. trying to come up with plans. Um, I don't think he really cared for... Um, What's her name? Laura Forner? Yeah, the hit the Yeah, Lola Forner. Mm-hmm. Uh May. He didn't really care for May that much. Mm-hmm. Um which I kind of thought was refreshing because normally it's like, oh, the guy's trying to go after the girl. Yeah. And I think for most of the movie it was like I really don't like the fact that you came with us. Like like what the fuck? Yeah, I um I totally agree with you on that. Like I don't want to say her character was like her character was forced into the plot, but like they really, I th- I think because like there was no need to make her like the love interest or kind of like have her fawn over him, um, because there's a there's a dynamic between his character and Alan and how they're both in love with uh, what's her name, Laura Lee, Laura Lee, yeah, Laura Lee, and that that kind of dynamic I was enjoying between like them kind of like having feelings for the same woman but it wasn't like the main focus it's not like the, they were like i hate you you know mm-hmm. fighting for this woman they were just like no we both like the same girl um but like let's have fun with it at the same time yeah which i which i enjoyed a lot i also think lola forner looks like uh, kendall jenner like a that's lot that's the like young her. one right which was kendall jenner i well she's one of the younger she's not kylie kylie was with uh tyga uh okay, oh, I can see that. I don't know which Kardashian this is, but I can I see her face. She's one of the um, the Jenner, like uh, Bruce's all, kids. Aren't they all Jenners? Oh no, they're Kardashians. <laughs> yeah. This this is how much I just don't give two shits Look, about that family. It's a whole thing, okay? That, the qu- that the whole quick thing. rundown is there were four kids, three girls, one boy with the one lawyer dude. He died of cancer. And then she remarried Bruce Jenner and had two kids. Which is the one that, what's the one that's OJ's daughter? Um, Chloe. Chloe. Even though they won't admit it's OJ's daughter, it's clearly yeah. OJ's daughter. Also, I, I'm sad because she was the one I found the hottest. And oh, she got she was, all this fucking plastic surgery. And I'm like, you fucking sell out. Agree. Agree. There are, yeah, agree. Anyway. Do you want to keep talking about the, the Kardashians or talk about Armor of God? Armor of God. Armor of God. All right. Good choice. <laughs> Good choice. Um, all right. So what did you think of the action? 
Uh, the action was pretty good. They, mm-hmm. It's like... I feel like the pacing was good, right? Like, they mm-hmm. had action anytime that they had to, like, go somewhere new or, mm-hmm. like, you know, get something from somewhere. Like, it's funny when, um, when Jackie Chan and... Um, but oh, Jackie Chan, when Asian Hawk and Alan, mm. which is funny, they're both Jackie and Alan, and they're mm. Jackie and Alan. Yeah. Um, but the, the but the women got different names. I know uh, Lola is May, and Roseman is Lorelai. <laughs> All right, sure. Um. Anyways, uh, when Jackie and Alan had to go and try to get that, the rest of the gods' armor, or whatever from from the guy's house. Oh, the rich guy from yeah, May's mm. dad. Yeah, um, it was funny because they like they got in there and they thought they could do it and everything, and they end up having to try and go get it from the people who had Lorelai. Like, mm. it, like to me, these older movies have they they raise the stakes better. Yeah, it, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, uh, like things no, make sense, saying. and yeah. it's like, yeah, like there's a MacGuffin, but mm. like. There's layers. I get what you're saying. Okay. Like, even with Mission Impossible, to me, it's just mm. MacGuffin City. That's mm. all you're focused on yeah. at all. Yeah. And to me, that then it starts to lose the integrity of the film. Even oh, okay. Though, like, okay. I like that movie, guys. Don't forget, I like that movie. But I'm just using Mission it as Impossible, an ex- Yeah. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Yeah. <laughs> um, with this movie... Um, it has different layers. It has, the you know, the armor of God, and they have mm-hmm. like, the um, you know the the girl that's kidnapped, and they have the friends, and how they're kind of like liking the girl, and they have mm-hmm. uh, May, who's not really supposed to be there, and she's kind of bitchy, but yeah. Um, and then there's the fighting, and like different people they meet along the way. Like it's just to me, it's like. Yeah, we're trying to get the thing, but mm. also let's not only focus on the thing. Yeah, th- what this movie is, it's essentially it's fun. It's a fun adventure movie mm-hmm. um, with like act- action set pieces like spread out like here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, like an example is like a great example is like the car chase scene. Here we go with the car chase scene. I, I know I was gonna bring it up. I, I had to bring it up. Uh huh. I like the the car chase scene in, in Armor of God because. It's ridiculous, uh-huh. and it's like shot so like this car is because it's like a Mitsubishi car that I think Jackie Chan actually owned, but it's like look at this car, it looks fucking cool. Yeah, look at it speed but through. It's the ugliest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. I thought it was kind of cool. No, it's ugly. <laughs> Don't even lie. Hey, I will not talk to you ever again. Hey, even the cooler part was the fact that there was a smaller car within that car. That makes it even cooler. What? We're, we're done with the podcast. No, we're not. That's it. No, we're not. I have to tell you some trivia about the car. Okay. Tell me. Inform me. Drop that. Drop some news. The car, driven by Jackie Chan, is mm-hmm. a Mitsubishi Colt Targa concept. Okay. Which is a two-door, two-seater version of the Colt with its roof chopped off and shorter windshield and side windows. It is a special one-off model made by Mitsubishi for this movie. Oh, okay. So I didn't own the car. I'm sure he did own it. I feel like that's like in his collection. Like he was like, it's a one-off, but he's like, let me just go. Yeah, like it's my movie, so I'm gonna keep the car. Like, but yeah, like oh yeah, shorter windshield and side windows, and also really ugly fucking side mirrors. That's what's said in the trivia. (laughs) 
Yeah, definitely. I like that car. I thought it looked cool. It looked like it went fast as fuck. It does not look like it goes fast. What? It looks like it has all the wind speed drag. You know, we'll disagree to disagree. <laughs> Science is on my side. <laughs> um, you know what? You huh. do not suffer from the shiny penny, penny syndrome. I. The only time I do is with a track shot. Yeah, That's well. That's the only time. I'm just saying, you don't. Yeah. Mo- normally. Oh, but this ca- in this case I do? No, in this case you're attracted to shit, so <laughs> you're not, it's not a shiny penny. It's definitely a turd. <laughs> attracted to the shiny turd. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, back to the movie. Um, like, you have nothing good to say about that chase scene? Uh, I, I thought it was awesome. No, I like the chase scene. Uh, um, but I, I just think the, the little car part was funny. Oh, when when the when Jackie and Alan are like, or I'm sorry, Asian Hawk. <laughs> well, <laughs> his they, name is Jackie in the movie. Yeah, but like we gotta refer to him as his badass name, Asian Hawk. <laughs> um, when, <laughs> when they 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 because like there's like one car coming from another from one end, another car coming from another end, and they're on a bridge. There's no way they can get out, and then they <laughs> they have like this little mini cart that's like me, like drive off, <laughs> and the car is hit the Mitsubishi and just explodes. <laughs> like, all right, sure, why not? <laughs> I like that. It's definitely uh, of its time. Okay, so I'll throw I'll throw a question at you. Okay. Okay, and try not try your best not to spoil it. Which car chase was better, this one or the one from uh, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One? I'm sorry. Which one did you like more? That's why I should ask. Which one did I like? Um, you know what? I'm gonna be honest and tell you that I don't remember the chase scene that well. In Armor of God? Mm-hmm. You don't remember the parts where it was like flying over the bridge and how like the motorcycles were landing on boxes? Oh, I remember the boxes uh, for sure. But we were also drinking. No, we weren't. We are, we are professionals when we watch these <laughs> movies sometime. I remember enjoying the chase scene. Uh, I honestly think that the parts that I can remember of it... Mm-hmm. Definitely way better than a Mission Impossible. Okay, all right, all right. Um, no, okay, no, wait, let me let me make sure I get this correct. You think it was better, or that you liked it? You liked one more than the other, because those are like two different things. Both. Both. Ooh, all right. I so the reason. Let me get into the reason why. Okay. Okay. Car chases, like car chase scenes, mm-hmm. even if they're serious, need mm-hmm. to be fun. Mm, okay, okay. You know what I mean? I see your logic. Like, they your logic. have to be entertaining. If you're your in a car chase and all you're doing is struggling with where your hands are and no or one's having fun and it's yeah. not fun to look at. Or it's like a level of intense, like, oh shit, kind of thing. Yeah, like to me, that's mm. like, this is boring. I like, I want to see like some fun shit. Like, gotcha. Okay, all right. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Okay. Even if it's a serious movie, you can still do serious. And I think that's why I like The Border Identity more. Because you think it's... It's you think more the, entertaining. Okay. I can see that. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah. Sounds valid. Totally valid. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it is because you just validated me. Yeah. I'm going to give you a stamp for it, too. <laughs> On my forehead. Yeah. <laughs> Validate it. <laughs> um, all right. So we got to talk about... Uh, oh yeah, and then by the way, hmm. all the boxes everywhere, people falling into boxes, cars falling into boxes. 
like all the boxes empty boxes by the way i kind of wish i could do that like be part of like a stunt group where we just like we fall from like a high like a high place and land a bunch of boxes because i mean obviously that's like for safety measures it's it's a bit more convincing that it's empty boxes than as opposed to like a big like trampoline trampoline or net or something sometimes you know they use trash in films that's another that's i've seen mattresses or pillows you know what i wrote a i remember one time i wrote a i was working on a script oh it was a while ago and it was about a guy who like was trying who's constantly trying to kill himself um and one of the jokes was like every time he like tries to jump from a building for some reason there's like a mattress there at the on, on the ground or like a bunch of mattresses you know what i think one time when we watch a movie uh-huh. next time we watch a movie with boxes in it or uh-huh. trash uh-huh. we need to find an article about all the things that actors like their characters fall into to break their fall there's oh, okay. awnings there's like i wonder like who thought of that mm. how like they actually use it like how practical it was mm. then versus now like yeah. i bet you that's the whole thing I'm sure. I, I'm sure there's like a, a standard of like, all right, how tall, how how high is the person dropping? How heavy are they? How heavy are they? How what's the rate of speed? All right. So if for this case, X, Y, and Z equals boxes, <laughs> or like X, Y, and Z <laughs> equals trash cans. Oh, not trash cans. Trash bags. Trash bags or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or X, Y, and Z equals like hey. <laughs> <laughs> or you know, a bin of fish. A bit. Oh, yeah. They haven't done that in years. I know. That's funny. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, the final action set piece. The passage was behind me. Um, the final action set piece. Uh, what did you think of it? Remind me. That's when he fights all those monks. Oh, uh-huh. And he he's later fights those uh, the sexy black kung fu, kung fu masters. I know I like the monk fighting. Uh-huh. The monk fight was fun. It was really fun. Uh-huh. But it definitely got overshadowed by the... Um, oh, the Black the, the black Crew Masters? Mm-hmm. Yes. Because <laughs> you're like... You kept bringing it up, too. You're like, they're all women. So uh-huh. they're not. <laughs> yeah. Because like then you see them fighting, and you're like, clearly that's men in wigs. Yeah, clearly that's a dude, yeah. And like um, they're still in their heels, and like... Mm. One of them gets their heels shot off, and like, mm. no, that wasn't that movie, was it? No, no, no. What happened? Oh no, <laughs> no. You're thinking of uh, uh, *Romancing the Stone*. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. In this case, there's a there's a part where Jackie's on. Sorry, Agent Hawk. Um, <laughs> it's on this area where there's like planks and shit like that. And they were losing their heels because they were getting yeah, stuck in the planks. Yeah, and they had to like break them off and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought but they that, had really bad wigs. Like oh, the guys, yeah, they had really bad wigs. Well, yeah. even the women, they looked like they had little Richard hair. I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt that those that was their real hair. Yeah. I mean, just for like it was probably because of the time. Yeah, and that then like it, it looks cool. I wouldn't be surprised if it was wigs though, but it just it for some reason it just looked cool. You thought it looked cool? Yeah, with the hair. I because this this is this is how I saw it. Because you know what? Because it was it was the style of the eighties. There's these these sexy women who are like in this like leather like outfits that would be like on a runway. I like how you just kind of eyes are just rolling back. <laughs> look, they had to look cool, and I think they looked cool. That's the. 
exact same reason why I don't like white women with the same hair. It's just big. Ah. I don't like women from the 80s with that hairstyle. They had had to match. Otherwise, they wouldn't look as cool. No, they should have had their hair slicked back. That would have been cooler. It wouldn't look cool because, like, you gotta get hair flopping all over the place. Okay, then then they could have had pigtails. (laughs) Ew, that would have looked wrong. (laughs) That would have not been sexy. Um, What what are you talking about? I thought you liked pigtails. (laughs) He's never said that, by the way. Just, you know, felt like picking on No, I don't don't want to be mistaken for a pedophile. Or a pedophile. He can't even say it right, so don't worry, he's not one. Pedophile. (laughs) Um, Oh, but back back to the monks fighting. Um, There's one thing I've always noticed with that scene is you can tell some of the monks are wearing wigs mm-hmm. and that's because like there's only so many like stunt double stunt stuntmen that they have for those scenes so they have to like put on wigs to look like slightly different so they wouldn't be the same mm-hmm. um but in this movie it's like it's very apparent like that's a wig and it look it looks funny but it doesn't take away from the action mm-hmm. do you want to talk about the uh the hair jackie chan's hair uh-huh uh yeah sure remember we were talking about it we're like he looks younger with short hair oh yeah 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 okay so uh so for those who don't know and i'll give a little bit more detail i i meant i alluded to it earlier so at the beginning of this movie um jackie chan's character does this really cool stunt where he jumps from a wall to like a branch uh to a tree branch that like leans towards another wall and that's how he gets away so the story goes and i've seen footage of this um, that uh, Jackie Chan, he did the f- stunt the first time where he was supposed to jump from the wall to the tree to another wall. He did it the first time, but he didn't like how it looked. So he was like, all right, let's do it again. So jump from the wall to the, to the tree branch, and the branch broke. And he fell down, and he landed on a rock. His head landed right on a rock. And it was so, it, it, like, he was, like, laying down, and they saw blood coming out of his ears. Um so they took him to the hospital. They took him to the nearest hospital, like, immediately. And when he gets there, the doctor's like, holy shit, a piece of your skull is in your brain. And they had to perform the surgery, like, right there. Uh, because he would not survive the trip to, like, an actual, like, hospital. Like, a legit Like hospital. a trauma hospital. Yeah, like a trauma hospital. But when you watch the movie, you can tell that this happened. This was, like, the first thing that happened on set because his hair is cut really short mm-hmm. and after that scene his hair is long because like there was a period of time where he had to like heal up mm-hmm. and, and and probably like cover up the scar and such like that he doesn't like having his uh, his hair the, cut cut short uh huh so after this movie I, I read this yeah, somewhere I hate that. Yeah. after <laughs> this movie uh-huh. because he had his hair cut short and then he had the accident uh-huh so it wasn't the other way around. They didn't cut his hair because he had the oh, accident. Oh, okay. He had his hair short, uh-huh. and then he had the accident, and then said, "Well, having my hair short's bad luck." Oh, I didn't know that. So he never cut it short again. That makes sense. Yeah, because he always has long hair in his movies. Yeah, that makes sense. He just thought it was good luck to have long hair. But he looks nice, like with his hair cut short. He does look a lot younger. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think now his hair is kind of short because he's old. Uh, yeah, but not as short as it as it was in uh, Honor of God. I know no. there's another movie called 
oh, I can't remember what's called now. Fuck. Where he does have like short hair, but it's like hair that like matches his age. Hmm. Um. Another thing, mm-hmm. this was the first Operation Condor movie, which you've told me about. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the U.S. release, it was titled Operation Condor 2 yep. because it released after the second movie. Um, a new musical score was created by Michael Wandmaker for this release, as well as an English dub with the participation of Jackie Chan. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think, if I remember correctly, I think Operation Condor... Okay, so there's Armor of God... And then after that, there's Operation Condor 2. But I think they sold Operation Condor 2 as Operation Condor and called this Operation Condor 2. Mm-hmm. Even though Armor of God came out before Operation Condor. But I think it's because it was filmed first. Yeah, Armor of God, yeah, Armor of God came out in 86. Uh, yeah, but the, like, the release dates were different. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. one of them filmed first and then released second. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So... So yeah, there's it's called Armor of God Two Operation Condor that came out in ninety one. I think they've like they fixed it now, but mm-hmm. back then, yeah, because Rumble in the Bronx, if I remember correctly, Rumble in the Bronx was like was the first time America was like like the, sorry, the vast majority of America was like holy shit, who's Jackie Chan, mm-hmm. right? People who were into kung fu movies before that knew who Jackie Chan was with this previous films like like police story for example i myself didn't know who jackie chan was until rebel in the bronx and i started finding his other stuff but his popularity had grown so much that they were like let especially miramax they were like let's find all his old stuff and like rebranded as like new stuff mm-hmm. but clearly like it's old stuff you know? yeah case in port armor of god also jackie chan has admitted in interviews that the reason his wheels on mills co-star was cast in this film who's Lola Forner uh, was that she was the only European actress they knew <laughs> that's easy work for her I know <laughs> <laughs> um, okay so all in all do you I feel like I might know this answer but do you think this movie holds up yeah okay why exactly because it's fun and it knew how to you know have a MacGuffin without it being the entire crux of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Or it was, but like, you know. It was something just that was just along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, it's dated. The car is the ugliest thing I've seen in my life. Slick ass car. <laughs> they should put that car in the next Fast, Fast and Furious movie. I wouldn't be mad about that. <laughs> okay. Because that'd be funny. Yeah. Um, but I think it, like, it holds up. Like, mm-hmm. it's a timeless. Mm. Um, like the events that happen are timeless. The story is timeless. Mm-hmm. The um, the action is like still impressive. Like yeah, like there are action stars that wish they can do like a tenth of what Jackie Chan has done. Yeah. Well, Tom exactly. Tom Cruise is trying to catch up. <laughs> I don't think he ever will. Oh no 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 no! No one will. I think if you were to like compare them, first of all, it's apples to oranges. Mm-hmm. But also, like, Jackie Chan has done so much, like, kung fu, Mm -hmm. put his body through a bunch of shit. Mm -hmm. He started off as a body double. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, like, that's how he started. And then he was doing kung fu movies and shit. And, like, putting his, like, Tom Cruise does one big stunt and it's just, like, a fucking, like, look at me. I know. It's, It's the second coming of Jesus Christ. Seriously. Fun fact. Did you know that Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan were in a movie together? No. 
So Jackie Chan does show up and enter the dragon. But it, he has a very, very blink and you'll miss it moment. And it's at the scene where Bruce Lee is in the underground cavern, uh, cavern, underground compound of, of the island. And there's all these goons coming at him, and he has like nunchucks and everything. He's like, whoosh, whoosh, and everything. Mm-hmm. There's one, and I can actually, I've seen that, I've seen it too, like freeze framed it. There's a moment where he hits somebody, and the person kind of like gets thrown to the left, and like, ah! that's Jackie Chan. <laughs> Wasn't he a body double for him? For Bruce Lee? Yeah. No, the story goes that when Bruce Lee died, um, uh, the Kung Fu market, like Hong Kong and China and stuff like that, like, these people who were in this market, or mm-hmm. the countries that were, the countries where the market is, they were trying to find the next Bruce Lee, and they thought that Jackie Chan would be the next Bruce Lee. They actually made him have surgery to kind of look like him, or to have certain features that were like him, um, like they redid his nose, his chin. Like I think they like raised his eyebrow or something like. But that. he was already making a name for himself before Bruce Lee died. Not not no, like no. in big waves, but I mean like. I really thought that he was like, like one of the main like body doubles for people, uh, and so like he was like, yeah, like this isn't what I want to do forever, but I'm doing what I like to do. Yeah, but because they don't just pick some random dude off the street and say, yeah, you're the next Bruce Lee. Like, no, yeah, no, he was he was in a number of he was in a number of films, but they were like smaller budget films. Um, like his movies go back to. Oh no! I take that back. His movie go back to nineteen eighty. Yeah. Uh, if I remember correctly, let me see. When did Inner Dragon? I think Inner Dragon came out like in seventy eight, seventy nine. Mm. Uh, oh, seventy three. Mm-hmm. Seventy three. Uh, so no, like yeah, he did. Jackie, that's uh, Jackie Chan. Bruce Lee did eventually die, but like I said, they were. He wasn't the only one. There were other actors that were coming along that they wanted him to be the next. Uh, uh, Jackie Chan. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. the next Bruce Lee. Ja- I think Jet Li. I know he's much I'm younger. I'm sorry, Jackie Chan. Are we talking about Jet Li or Jackie Chan? You, well, you're saying Jackie Chan. Okay. But I, then I was already on to the next thought. Oh, okay. Um, I think Jet Li, mm-hmm. if he was born at the right time, mm-hmm. could have been a great replacement for him. For Bruce Lee? Yeah. I can totally see that. But yeah. unfortunately, he's chosen so many bad fucking films, I can't take him seriously. It's just American films. Yeah, I'm not uh, that's but another does, one. Does he not, has Asian films. He has a ton of Asian films. Then we need to watch them uh, because I only know him from Romeo Must Die oof. and from the fucking music video. You can just yourself and try again. I like that song. <laughs> you don't like Aaliyah? <laughs> I I love Aaliyah. Aaliyah died so Beyonce could fly. Yes. That that is that is I stick by that statement. She is responsible for a lot of the things that the hip hop community does now, or did like in the aughts. Let me see. Uh, I'm trying to find some good. Like uh, the stutter. Oh yeah. The, oh she yeah. She came up with that. She came up with some of the the dancing. Uh uh-huh. Um. People weren't doing some of that before she was. So. Uh, Quickly, just for Jet Li's uh, filmography um, in the good movies. So the Once Upon a Time trilogy are really is really good. The Legend is really awesome. Um, Defender's pretty cool. Fist of Ledge. Oh, Fist of Ledge is so fucking great. 
Uh, I love Black Mass. Black Mass is another awesome movie. But then, yeah, Jet Li jumps into, like, when 98 comes around, he does, like, Lethal Weapon 4, Roman Must Die, Kiss the Dragon, Hero. Well, Hero's a great movie, actually. Cradle to the Grave. Ugh. Fearless is good. War. Oh, my God. He did a movie with Jason Statham. <laughs> what movie was that? War. I feel like I watched that one. You probably did. Oh, I forgot who's Expendables 2 and 3. Yeah. And 1. His last movie was Mulan. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. So, um, so yeah, I think this movie holds up. I'm a sucker for this movie. The action. You're is, a sucker for this movie or you're a sucker? I'm a sucker for this movie and a sucker mm. at life. Um, yeah, it's a great film. I love it. So I think it's great. Good. Okay. <laughs> I was waiting here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is that it? All right, so that's going to be it for our show for this week. We would like to thank everybody for joining us on this week's show. Uh, we would especially like to thank the folks over at Your Entertainment Corner for hosting this podcast on their website. Uh, for all your film news, TV news, and reviews, check out yourentertainmentcorner.com. Uh, drop us a line at therealappeal at gmail.com. Uh, that's real with two E's. Uh, you can find our podcast on all podcast catchers, and don't be afraid to give us a review. Five stars would be great. takes you like two seconds uh, on whatever podcast format that you're listening from. Uh, so next week, Kelsey and I had a kind of, I don't th- we didn't really have a back and forth, but we were like, we we're like, let's do this one first. So this Friday is the big competition, Oppenheimer versus Barbie. You know, mm-hmm. what side are you on? Are you Team Oppenarby or are you Barbenheimer? Oppenarby. Me too. <laughs> everyone everyone keeps saying... Uh, Oppenheimer. Or, oh, Bar... Bar... What is it? Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer. I'm definitely like an Oppenarby. I'm an Oppenarby's. <laughs> we got the meats. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm over on Oppen, Oppenarby. Uh, I'm over on that side. Well, I'm not, I'm not even saying like... Uh-huh. Should you watch which one first? Yeah. I just think the name. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but in our case, we're gonna our first review between the two is that we're gonna we're gonna be reviewing Oppenheimer, uh, which is in theaters Friday, July twenty first. Um, I've already seen the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I went to press screening. That's all I'll say. Mm-hmm. That that that's all I say. Because uh, I don't want to tell Kelsey how exactly I feel about it. But that's all I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah with that and just to let you guys know don't be worried we're gonna do barbie but that's gonna be like next week's show um i'm really excited for you to watch barbie no i'm really excited for you why say that because you don't have to run away from the movie theater and the trailer oh i know (laughs) (laughs) so just give you guys a heads up every time because whenever a christopher nolan movie comes out i avoid the trailers like the fucking plague and every time, I swear, every time Kelsey and I were going to the movies, there was a trailer for Oppenheimer. And I started to be able to predict when they were going to play Exactly. It. So I would either close my eyes and cover my ears or leave the theater entirely. And she'd be like, it's coming right now. I'm like, no, it's not. And they would show up like, God damn it. And then it. I would do that Geiger counter sound. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, all right, I got to leave. And <laughs> every time I would leave, I would look like to the floor so I don't see any of it. And I would like get out as quickly as possible. Mm. But thankfully, I don't have to do that anymore. Well, the reason why you started leaving the theater, because mm. I suggested it, because you would sit there for a full five minutes. Like, yeah. 
pumping your fingers in your ear holes so it doesn't you can't hear anything yeah that gets tired and it hurts yeah um so yeah we're gonna be reviewing oppenheimer um like i said it comes out friday july 21st uh and our geriatric cinematic and i can't wait to show kelsey this this is one of my favorite movies of all time will be dr strange love or how i learned to stop worrying and love the bomb that's what it's called it's yeah you can either call it dr strange love or by its full name no, oh. not even joking. Jesus, I know, right? That's a bit longer than uh, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I kind of feel like I don't know what that movie is about, but I can kind of relate to how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. I'm just waiting for an explanation. Or yeah, it's like when you go with the flow, like you get tired uh, of worrying about I gotcha. stuff. I got you. I got you. like, whatever. This is how it is now. Wait until you see the movie. Will I still feel like that? Most likely. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, Doctor Strange Love uh, is available to rent on Apple TV, Amazon, YouTube TV, or on other VOD services. Um, the topic for that week will be who needs enemies with bombs like that. Very proud of that one. I feel like uh, bombs are an allegory for boobs. Maybe. Maybe.